I'd never been to the mailbox art space prior to their current exhibition, Heathen. Of Heathen, the promotional shots of the works gave me the impression of huge canvases filled with extravagant, thought-provoking watercolours. After getting mildly lost in my own city looking for a gallery space on Flinders Lane, myself and a friend finally found the flight of stairs tucked away at the 141 to 143 Flinders Lane Pawson House Heritage Building. The stairs were choked with people talking and drinking wine. We were late. I figured that people must have already gone in, up the stairs and into the gallery, and then come back out to discuss the exhibition. Pushing up the stairs, apologising, looking for the door to the gallery, jostling almost everybody, we began to get funny looks. Then we followed the eyes of a few patrons, turned, and beheld a set of restored 1930s apartment mailboxes. Within these tiny glass-fronted mailboxes were not the vast canvases of traditional galleries that I had expected, but miniature works by Belle Besson, Valentina Polonen and Anna Parry, with work from the curator, Mitchell Brannan's private collection interspersed. To quote the exhibition's description, the theme of heathen is mysticism, the numinous and the unknowable. The goal, to explore ways of knowing that are beyond rationality and empiricism. Parry has included the watercolours, Polonen the intricately detailed sculptures, and Basson the photography and digital media. Parry's watercolours are a kaleidoscope of colour, which with an inspection seems to shift like sand in the wind before one's eyes, solidifying after moments into new forms. Acorns turn into hearts, which turn into crystals. Pomegranate seeds are in fact, perhaps, precious jewels, and tendrils of colour appear to be both swaying seaweed deep beneath the ocean or the stark blue veins of a person standing out against pale skin. Organism meets mineral, meets the abstract, in which a darkness of spirit and a light comedy of the visual play meet. Polonin's contributions take the form of mixed-media sculptures. Her work that drew me the most were a series of disembodied hands holding objects. To call these sculptures intricate would be an understatement. The detail is so incredible accurate down to the fingerprints and tiny creases of the skin. The hands are painted green on the fingernails, yellow on the fingers and purple on the palms, implying that each hand might belong to the same owner. Each hand interacts with an object. One holds an acorn, another a seashell, another a rock, another a crystal. As I interrogated the pieces, I began to mime the hand gestures the sculptures were set in. Some have the knuckles facing away from where the face would be, delicately holding the object, indicating that they had perhaps picked up the object and were observing it curiously. Other hands grip their objects hard, possessively, tightly, so that it was obscured from our view. I began to see the hand less as a dumb tool, but as of extensions of our mind, of our curiosity, able to display love, hate, ownership and fear as clearly as if these emotions had been yelled. Basson's digital photography and one-minute video installation are perhaps the most difficult to interpret in the exhibition. She employs seemingly simple patterns of undulating line in black and white, which spiral and throb the longer one observes it into a headache-inducing maze of complexity. It is not an optical illusion, it is more interesting than that, but I can't help but compare the effect of Basson's use of shape and time in her still images with the Penrose Infinite Staircase. Fascinatingly, the artists were not given the theme of the exhibition, mysticism, the numinous and unknowable, to work to. The pieces were separately curated by Mitchell Brannan, picked from artists who had, prior to the exhibition, pushed their work to answer the questions of Heathen's theme. This is intriguing, as there are some startling similarities and parallels in the works, all the more interesting due to the fact that they were not established by communication between the artists. The motif of a heart, acorn, shell or crystal shape appear in each artist's work. Each holds significance to the unconscious. The ocean has over time consistently been used as a metaphor for the unconscious mind in art and literature. Therefore, the shell appears to be an artefact spewed forth by this other realm, entrancing in its patterns and colours, sometimes spiralling, sometimes fanning, 
always mesmerizing. Furthermore, the old saying that if you hold a shell to your ear, you can hear the ocean may in this context imply that the shell is in some way a portal into the unconscious mind. The acorn is symbolic of rebirth or the circle of life. It is suspended oddly in time, a snapshot of what might one day be a mighty tree. It also stands in for the child or embryo from which we all began, either within our parents or our ancestors at the dawn of time. Finally, there is the crystal, brewed deep below the ground by forces untold, becoming something wonderfully, staggeringly beautiful, but it is for the most part likely never to see the light of day. For me, this is highly symbolic of the innermost workings of the human mind, and perhaps hints at why so many crystals in the images the artists provide oscillate between seeming both organic and mineral, heightening the metaphoric tie between object and abstract. All said, I had a brilliant time at the Mailbox Art Space, and I can highly recommend the Heathen Exhibition. It's running until the 30th of July. Check out extra details at www.mailboxartspace.com.au, which will also treat you to a digital copy of Anna Parry's watercolour, Sacred Geometry.